They're back. Nick, what's happening? Well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm looking out my window here at uh, a lot of green leaves on trees. That's nice. It's going to be it's going to be almost 80 degrees here today, John. Wow. And of course, there we're talking about Nashville. Nash Vegas, baby. That's right. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that before. I kind of like Really? It. Oh, that's uh, people used to before I even lived here. That's what I knew um, Nashville as was Nash Vegas. It's nothing like Las Vegas. Oh, not at all. I mean, a lot of lights, but nowhere near the amount of lights that you see well, in not Las Vegas. That. And there's no gambling. It's just not as weird no as Vegas. <laughs> oh, nowhere. Well, I mean, I mean it's weird, but it's not weird, weird is in the eye of the beholder. It's not as weird as Vegas. <laughs> You've seen some of the people we work with, so, so do you I really want to? I'm granting you the fact that it may be weird, but it's not Vegas weird. Vegas weird, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> you obviously haven't spent a lot of time on Broadway. No, I need to spend more time there for sure. <laughs> do you? Do you really? I, no. Well, need is a, a needy word. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot of coworkers reach out to me. We have an office um, in Cincinnati, very near Nashville. And a lot of people come from there down to Nashville for vacation because it's nice and close. And it's it's relatively inexpensive compared to most cities. It's changing quickly, but it's still it's still a good place to to visit if you're trying to find a weekend away or something like that. So they ask for a lot of advice on where to go, and they're always asking about on Broadway, being on Broadway. Broadway is the main thoroughfare in Nashville. It's where all of the honky tonks and things are. Um, it's Broadway and Second Avenue. Those are the two main main streets. And I constantly have to remind them, I live here. There's no way in hell you're going to catch me on Broadway or on Second Avenue. That it's so touristy. So I try to push them off to other parts of Nashville that are just incredibly cool with some incredible bars and restaurants and a lot of really great food that most people don't know about because when they do head to Nashville, they head directly to Broadway. And that's what they, you know, and, and I would say that's similar in other cities too, you know, where oh, absolutely. you have, uh, especially if it's a tourist hotspot that, you know, you have the right. locals who avoid the tourist tourist areas and the, you know, the visitors who come in and that's all they want to see, which makes it difficult. I mean, my son was born in Orlando. And so when we oh, lived there, wow. we, you know, so he had been to Disney many times by the time he was, uh, you know, five years old. But anytime someone right. would come to visit, they wanted to go to Disney and we're like, oh, come on, really? Can't we do something else? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when you get to live in a place, you you rarely ever uh, experience the, what the tourists experience. I lived in St. Louis for mm -hmm. about eight years. That's where I went uh, to college. That's where I got my undergrad. And eight years, not once did I ever go up in the arch. Really? Really. Yep. Wow. I was in the museum below it. Most people don't know there's a museum below it, but I was in the museum below it several times, but I never went up in the arch. And it's not for fear of heights. I have no fear of heights. I, I would have loved to have done it. I just didn't see the value in it. Um, I remember my, I had my very first photography class, uh, and I'm not going to say when, but <laughs> the, the first thing this – take a step back. Most photography classes, when you take them, and I taught photography for a while and we did the same thing. One of the classes that you end up taking is a, a nature and architecture class because you learn lighting out. You learn everything that has to do with sure. being outdoors and how to handle the camera. And, and it's just a good way, a good, easy way to learn because you're not dealing with models. You're not dealing with anything. You're dealing with what's already there and, and you can't change much, if anything, about it. It was the same for me when I took my very first photography class. 
the very first thing, the very first outing we had, they said, go out, take pictures of everything in the community. But if you take the picture of the arch, you automatically <laughs> fail. <laughs> Why? Because it was so easy? Yeah. <laughs> because it was so easy. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's not one of us followed that direction, by the way. We just never turned a picture in of the arch, but everyone went and took pictures of the arch. The arch is cool. And I have to say, we, we went cool. there and growing up many years ago in a small town in Wisconsin, a bus trip to St. Louis was sweet. And so that's what we did. We went to St. Louis and I rode inside that arch and it's not awesome uh, to ride inside there because it's tiny and I'm not. Uh, but, but it was, uh, but it was cool. It was very cool to see. And I'm glad we did it. Yeah. It's, it is a neat place in the park around it. They've done some improvements in the last couple of years, but the park around mm. it was, it was pretty neat too. And nice. there's a, there's a railway that goes under it. Most people don't know that either. Or you, I to. did not know that. It's yep. mm-hmm. like tunnel, like tunnel. Sort of. Yeah. There's actually a huge cave, cave system under the city of St. Louis. A lot mm. of, uh, because that, which was one of the reasons you had a lot of German immigrants that created beer, Anheuser-Busch. They could keep their beer nice and cool by putting them in the caves. And there's a lot of speakeasies. You can actually – never, I've never done this, but I've had friends that have. You can get a permit to go from the river, enter the cave system, and walk all the way to the other side of the city. And you'll walk through old speakeasies, old storage places for some of the beer uh, facilities, the beer breweries and things like that. Uh, I hear it's a horrible walk because it's full of bugs and dirt and stuff. Ugh, but it's yeah. uh, it, it's just it's history untouched because once prohibition ended and mm. once modern refrigeration came in, they just left everything. They didn't clean it out. They they just left it. So there's a lot of really great history, and of course the city itself protects it. So a lot of it is still there uh, because you can't just access it without permission or um, without getting arrested. Hmm. I find the story interesting just about the history of the Germans coming in and they wanted to keep the beer cold because if you've ever been to Germany, their beer is far from cold. Well, when I say cold, I'm I'm talking, you know, it's 50, 60 degrees. Cold, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not cold, not it's ice like cold. it's like 80 like degrees now. when you're in Hamburg. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So they serve it in a liter glass or something, as I recall. It's been mm-hmm. several years now, but uh, it's warm I, and it just expands in your belly. And oh. so for somebody from the U.S. who, you know, is used to cold beer, it was right. not. And then you throw some really greasy sausages in there in that whole scenario. <laughs> it can't be pleasant. I actually just put that right in the beer and that kind of oh, nice. things out. Well, yeah. it's beer battered brats. So you're from Wisconsin. Uh, hello. Why do they call it battered? They're not really battering it. No, you're not. I don't think they do call it battered. They That's call what it. We always brats. call it was beer battered brats. I mean, it's beer boiled brats, really. That's really what it is. Say and that I like the alliteration too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's it's beautiful. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so as you may recall, our fans and nice to have plural fans, right? It is nice. Um, unusual for us. So I, I, we're a little nervous. Um, but we were talking last about travel and we focused almost exclusively on airline travel. And, and so we had a and, couple and of potty things. dusting. 
You know, that was the first thing I thought of when you were talking about warm beer and, and we, we added in the brats, <laughs> the German sausage. Man, that has to that has to create some potty dusting scenarios that we've never seen before. So I got more feedback on the potty dusting nomenclature than anything we've done. So I need you to explain to our perhaps new audience who are probably now collectively shaking their head and saying, <laughs> what is potty dusting? You better explain it since you well, created I, it. But do we really have a clear understanding of what potty dusting really is? Because we had a conversation in our last episode about crop dusting. When you go on an airplane and someone decides to crop dust, which is passing gas as they're walking by you, is crop dusting. And I don't know where the conversation led, but then we went into potty dusting. And I think it was an accident, wasn't it? When I, I said potty dusting, was. I was trying to say something else. And it, it just, was a good accident. Happy it was accident. a good accident. And we couldn't stop laughing about it. So now we, we, I think we've just renamed it. I think that's probably a good way to say it. We've renamed it from crop dusting to potty dusting. And can you imagine the advertising props we're going to get on planes when people just say, did you just potty dust near me? <laughs> well, I think we should get sponsored by uh, Bino. We did mention him in the last episode, <laughs> and they are the one way to avoid potty dusting. Well, uh, avoid perhaps, but eliminate not. Oh, never. Huh? Like the no. hungover guy who flew next to me as we talked about. He can't help himself no matter no, what. There's, there isn't enough Beano in the world that can help him. <laughs> exactly. So one of our commenters and a good friend of ours, coincidentally perhaps, uh, said something, Candace said something about our – it's about our air travel segment. And she said we forgot some. And so I just we want did. to touch on some of them specifically. And then we're going to move on from air because not everybody flies, but some people, especially if you've been potty dusted, you're probably sick right. of talking about travel anyway. But she said. Right. And, and she put it more eloquently than we did. She said traveling faux pas. She did say it very nicely, didn't she? Yeah. She's a, a wordsmith. She is. Yeah. Excessive body odor is <laughs> one thing she said. And I'll admit I've been exposed to that as much as I fly, but I have to say, and I so I have a lot of Facebook friends who travel as well, and it's it's usually, ladies, I'm sorry, it's usually women who get the most abuse on planes. And it's probably dudes that are doing the abusing, but it's – yeah, I don't get a lot of that, but body odor is never a good thing. Well, ex explain explain that because I, I think I'm actually a little bit confused. What do you mean by women getting more um, – how did you say that? <sighs> I don't know how I said it, but brutalized is probably brutalized. a good yeah. Are you saying they, they're the ones that suffer the most from the excessive body odor? Well, or I think they the suffer that... from the most from all of the faux pas, as Candace so I see. beautifully okay. said it. They, they just seem to be on the receiving end of things. And so you're just trying to be sexist. I understand. <laughs> oh, there we go. Boom. <laughs> I dropped the mic, but then you couldn't hear the Potty Mouse podcast. And yes, some of us who you've just called that would prefer it. Um, <laughs> so just keep it handy just in case. Yes, Go on. No, I'm I, sorry. But I am. I'm just trying to be realistic that it seems to statistically happen more to women or maybe they just notice it more and we're all sleeping. I, I would think that's more of the case because we've talked about this in the past. I think we talked about this during our pet peeves, which fits right in with this. Uh, pet peeves episode that men were just were gross. I mean, there's no uh, just 
as a standard, as a as, well, as, as a, a generalization. Perhaps, we're just some gross. of us are trying to trying to take on that. <laughs> sort well, some of us name. are. I, I'm not saying everybody. I, I am very cognizant about smells. Yes, and, you are. And I try. You know, you know, I'll make sure that I. I don't smell. I do everything I possibly can, but uh, there are. Well, but I mean, really, it's just taking a shower before you get on the plane. Is that a big deal? It shouldn't be. But You're let's use the example of pressurized tube. Right. Exactly. You should be cogniz- cognizant of the people that you are interacting with and that you have to be around. But I'm sure okay. hungover guy probably didn't take a shower. No, no, definitely not. And And that was the least of my worries with him. So would you ever take your shoes off on a plane? Oh, hell no. I I barely take my shoes off at home. (laughs) Well, but that's just, that's crazy to me that someone would do that. Do you know, I was on a flight one time and a lady started painting her nails. What? Okay. So that's even worse because now you've got not only the foot smell, if she's got, you know, if she's anything like my, my wife (laughs) and daughter, the foot smells bad. No, no, no. It was Um, her hand. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that just popped in my head is some lady sitting there putting her feet up on the, her bare feet up on the seats, painting her toenails. (laughs) If she took off dark socks that, you know, are going to be stanky anyway. Yeah. Well, and then she starts painting her nails. And then I I can just only imagine because it's, again, I live with two women. What's, what do they do before they paint their nails? They've got to remove the old nail polish. So then they've got the really stinky alcohol that they're rubbing on their fingers to get the old nail polish off. Then you've got the smell of the nail polish. And oh, that my was all in a pressurized tube, yeah. if you can imagine. I can't. I I, yeah, I would be it was so ticked off. Yeah, that was not good. Where else? Uh, oh, the another thing Candace said, which is absolutely right on, is when people bring stinky food. Oh, yeah. Onto the plane. And, you know, with airlines cutting back on food or charging for food. I understand the thinking behind it, but when you've got onions and mm-hmm. I mean, just all peppers and all that stuff, it's just not neighbor friendly when yeah. you're on the plane. Exactly. You know, just get to the airport. If you're hungry, get to the airport earlier or eat at home, eat there before you get on the airplane or just bring snacks. I mean, how many flights truly, how many flights are so long that you can't go without eating? Or at least no, go without certainly none of the domestic ones, right? Or or snacking. You know, you can snack. Probably healthy yeah. for you, anyways. Let's go back to another one of our episodes. Yes, Fat, yes it's better healthy, than fast food. Healthy episodes. The last thing. Well, no, she said other things too. But the, the last thing I'll mention, feeding into our dog theme that we had before, yeah. was when someone brings a puppy on a plane and the puppy can't control him or herself, right? And that happened to me. Did it really? Oh, well, not on me, but four seats ahead (laughs) where a puppy peed in the seat and a lady was, you know, going to sit down on the plane and she went to her seat and fortunately saw it. But, you know, they had to reseat her someplace. And it just, there are some of those things that are, I, I, I guess I'd hesitate to call them thoughtless, but they sort of are maybe me centered rather than thinking about other people around you. Courtesy. Yeah. Courtesy. That might be. Yep. Absolutely. So, now that, that yeah. actually made something pop into my head and I don't know if it's something you and I discussed or if it was just a story I read somewhere about a person who was put on an airplane, had a seat on an airplane and went in there and the person before him had, um, had some, some issues. Let's put it that way. I don't remember okay. if it was, they, they shit their pants or if they threw up everywhere, but 
the airline oh. hadn't cleaned it up and it, because it was a quick turn. And they said, well, all of our seats are full. The only choice you have is to either sit there or to get off the airplane. And the airline wouldn't wow. do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and this, this was big, obviously would have been big news. Um, and it was, it was fairly recently. So of course the person was suing. I, I would have done the same thing. I'm not a quick, I'm not quick to suing, but that's, that's pretty, for lack of a better phrase, shitty. <laughs> well played. I try. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. And, and I, Look, if the air, if the airline doesn't even, you know, if they don't even just apologize and say, we'll get you on the next flight, we'll put you in first class, we'll buy you lunch or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's the smart way to do it. Right. Uh, and I believe, look, I think that many airlines, most airlines even, I'll go so far as to say, will probably make the right call in those situations 95% of the time. And unfortunately or fortunately, the only ones we hear about are the other 5% are that 5%, where they mess yeah. up. And, and I've so- never had a bad experience on an airplane. I, I And I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last episode. If I did, I apologize to our listeners. Uh, I had a, a an emergency. It was one of those times I had eaten something before I got on the airplane and I shouldn't have. And I was sitting there. I was very uncomfortable and I needed to get off the airplane right before the doors closed. So I stood up and I said, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to get off. I can't, I'm not feeling well. And they let me off and I, I went up and I went into, I remember the airport. It was the Pensacola airport. Hmm. I went into use the restroom and I got done. I came back out to the gate and I said, I'm so sorry. I know I've missed my flight. What do I need to do? Uh, you know, I'm willing to pay for another ticket, whatever. And I said, oh no, we took care of you. You're on the next flight and no charge. You're, you're fine. Nice. And I was like, that is incredible. And, and that, that was customer service and they were perfectly happy and they were concerned about me. And they said, are you feeling better? And I said, yes. And, and, uh, you know, we, we took care of it. Um, that is good customer service yes. to return to another one of our episodes, but yeah. So I, I have to agree with you. 95% of the time you're going to have an experience like that. And it's 5% of the time you're going to have that bad experience. Yes. And that's why, you know, it's the, it's the double-edged sword. Every time any one of your employees comes into contact with a potential customer or a customer, you run the risk of them messing it up. And so right. you are only as good as a company as they are as your performing employees. They're the face of your company, and you really can't minimize that. It's it's such an important part. So talking about travel, I want to get in more into your realm and it doesn't, and I know we, we kind of, especially when it comes to air travel, we talk a lot about why it sucks, but, <laughs> but I, I'd like to talk a little bit about automotive travel because it's something, well, certainly both of us have done and many people do are more likely to mm-hmm. do probably in cars than they are in planes. Right. But um, what, what's your take on that and what, what things have you experienced that maybe others can commiserate or enjoy together with? That that is a fantastic question. So we drive for work. I mean, I, I would venture to guess that most Americans uh, probably drive more on vacation or to uh, their point A to point B is much shorter than what you and I probably drive for work. I, sure. I know there's a good chunk of Americans that obviously travel all the time for work, and and quite a few of them probably travel via car. But I think again, the vast majority of people when they're doing a road trip are are just trying to get from point A to point B for vacation. So there, there are a couple of different ways we can look at it. If you look at it from my standpoint, one thing I, I, and I have conversations with some of our 
listeners too about this because we have quite a few that are in the same boat uh, as they are co-listeners, their co-workers. Um, eating healthy is probably one of my biggest complaints about traveling by car. It's very, very yep. difficult, especially when you're traveling to some of the smaller towns that we travel to. So we, we do get to get into the bigger metropolitan areas and it's much easier to find healthier food when you do that. But when you're out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Kentucky, it's much more difficult because the only options you really have are Wendy's, fast food, uh, Taco Bell, things like that. So that becomes very, very difficult. So how do you manage that? And there are a few different ways that I think people can manage that. You can bring your own cooler around along with you. You can bring one of those uh, mini refrigerators that you can plug into um, the car power source and and bring your own food along with you. But that also depends on how long you're going to be out on the road. So um, a lot of factors there. One thing I like to do because I am on the road so much is I like to, if I have enough time, instead of taking the freeways, I take the back roads. I love seeing middle America. Let's put it in that, put it that way. I like seeing um, some of these smaller towns. I like seeing uh, how other people live versus how I live, which, you know, Nashville is not necessarily super metropolitan, but it is a larger city. Um, and I've lived in larger cities, so it's it's just a little bit different. And I haven't really spent much time in small towns like that, I guess. Uh, does that answer your question, or is there more to it? Well, oh, I've, for sure, for sure, it does. I love the I, I so I get a little bit <laughs> boxed up sometimes into just trying to make the best time I possibly can. Yes. So I'm less inclined to take the side roads. And it's so stupid. It's again, this is probably a guy thing where you, <laughs> it's like I always want to beat my last time. Right. <laughs> and so I'll lie to myself by, you know, three or four minutes about when I actually left the house. And, you know, Wait, that you know be, that's so, a new record. Yeah. To that point, it's completely the opposite when I'm on vacation. I will do that when I when I go from my house to say my in-laws who live about four and a half hours away, both my wife and I will get in the car, we'll get on the freeway. There's no back roading it then. It's let's see how fast we can get there this time <laughs> without breaking any major speed laws. Right. Um and and you know, can we minimize our bathroom breaks? Can we not stop to get something to eat? Can we make it in four hours and 25 minutes rather than four hours and 30 minutes? It's it's you're, exactly you're like that. You're giving your kids a diuretic the day before so they don't have to pee on them. Exactly. Brilliant. You you understand. <laughs> That's awesome. So I can relate. I can relate to that. Maybe well, it's- but, uh, I, but like you, I, I do like some, especially- the areas you mentioned, you know, Tennessee and Kentucky, and I love the back roads there just because there's it, it's a different lifestyle than the Midwest where I'm from or even Nashville where you're from. That it, It's just a, a, an unusual um, uh, rural sort of lifestyle, and, and, and it's cool. I really enjoy seeing it. And even though, you know, I've grown up working on farms and things like that, it, it's it's a little different. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I, I enjoy it, and, and so I'm with you, and I understand the attraction. The the healthy eating thing, yeah, I think we talked about, uh, you know, potentially traveling with a little cooler. And, and I've also changed the hotel rooms I select usually now to one with a refrigerator and uh, at least a microwave, but usually an right. oven and, and stovetop and things like that. Because 
so when I get into a town where I'm staying at those hotels, I'll go to the grocery store and stock up on food. Mm -hmm. And it's usually way healthier than you would get at any restaurant or, and not that they don't have delicious food at restaurants, but delicious and healthy are not necessarily synonymous. Right. At least what, how they make them at restaurants. Well, that's just it. And because you can do delicious, healthy food. Right. It's the hidden stuff that, that goes in the sauces and, right. and, you know, whatever they add to it. And, you know, so there was one, and I will not mention the name, but the one chain restaurant that had a, what I thought would have been a very healthy salad on their, uh, on their, uh, offerings. And one that I looked at, I'm, oh, that would be delicious. That looks good. Healthy, happy. I looked, <laughs> looked it up and it showed calories of 1200 for a salad. Oh my salad. goodness. And oh wow. Just, I couldn't believe it. And this is how they get people. They'll, or how they get people fat. Uh, is you come in the, oh, the salad was delicious. That was really good. I can't believe I'm eating healthy. And you just took in, you know, 1400 calories. Right. It's Probably calorie wise, you could have had a burger and had less. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I didn't even yeah. know that was an and option. It gets, it, it's very difficult, yeah. That that's probably my least favorite part. Yeah. Um, and time of year also plays a factor. When I'm working, I I try to get to my hotel in the winter before dark. It's not I'm not scared of the dark. I love the dark. <laughs> I just feel more comfortable getting to the place that I need to be before dark. Whereas in the summer, you've got a lot more time to do that, so you can be a little bit uh, more um, purposeful on the way you drive, yeah. or you can actually explore a little bit more. I love exploring new places too. So if I get to a city, let's say I. I make it to one of my former cities that I worked in was Indianapolis. I'd get done with my day. I'd, I'd do all my meetings. I'd get back to the hotel. I'd finish up my work and then I'll go out. And if I'm in a safe neighborhood with good walking paths, I'll go and walk and explore the neighborhood or worst case scenario, I'll get in the car and I just drive around and, and see the different neighborhoods too. I love the freedom to do that. Something I think a lot of times, again, depending on the situation in the city you go to, when you fly into a city, you don't necessarily have the luxury of doing that if you, unless you rent a car. And sometimes you don't want to do that because it's much easier to Uber. Yep. True story. Okay. So the, the car travel. Yeah. Is <laughs> so if you usually take, so it's, it's different because I know you usually drive your own vehicle when you travel. Right. And I usually drive a rental car uh, these days at least. And mm -hmm. You know, so there are pluses and minuses to both. I like being in my own car because I can stock it the way I want. And I know exactly, you know, you know, the car like yep. the back of your hand. When it's a different exactly. one, every time you get behind the wheel, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a little yeah. weirder, I guess. Yeah. In my car, I don't mind if I spill something and <laughs> because I can clean it well, up. I'm just the opposite. I don't want to spill in my car. I'm, I'm going to spill everything in the rental car. Well, it's it's not like I I want to spill. I just I it, if I spill in my car, I know that it's it. First of all, I don't put anything in there that I can spill. I just know that it's more comfortable if it happens. Not let it always happens. Yes, John, make calling me <laughs> making me sound like I'm. You know when I'm having my third McDonald's shake, exactly. I, uh, I sometimes I spill it because you know I'm burping a lot and. Right. All right. But it, it, along the same line. So I can, if I'm 
not renting or if I'm renting a car, then I can't take as much stuff with me. Right. So when I travel now, um, I have, this is, people are going to think I'm weird, but I have a sleeping bag in the trunk. I've got a hammock in the trunk. I've got, um, I have things that, and I put it, uh, people look at my bag of goodies that I have in my car and go, why do you have that? You, it's not like you're going to go camping. I'm like, no, but my thing is if I can't get home for some reason by car, I'm going to walk. My home is my home and, and I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk. And I know I'm going to be out in the wilderness, not wilderness, but I'm going to be walking for a couple of days in most places that I go. So I'm going to take stuff with me that I can carry with me and, and also use it um, on those vacations when we do go camping. So it's always in my car. Do you have like hand, carry my golf clubs in the trunk? Do you have handcuffs? I don't have handcuffs. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> I have the, I mean, if I did, they'd be fuzzy and they'd get all matted and they wouldn't work. I, I'm very sorry, but that was the vision I got of the handcuffs I That's was okay. inquiring about. Where, where did you have the pink fuzzy stuff around it though? I hope you're visioning, envisioning that. Uh, white. I wasn't thinking white, pink white. fuzzy. Okay. I was thinking white fuzzy. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Making myself a little bit more money, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I carry my golf clubs in the car all the time because you never know when, when that, um, motivation is going to hit. Yeah, I used to do that. Um, I used to do that. I don't enjoy golf as much as you do, but uh but yeah. I never get to play, but they're always there. Yeah. Cuz you never know. Oh, that's true. Um I but and and because we are the potty mouths, uh we do a lot of our recording on the road as well, and we've done it in the past. So I actually carry so I have my work computer and I've got my personal computer that I carry with me along with some of the recording gear. Um what else do I carry with me? Obviously, my suitcase, my computer. You must have a big dress clothes. I, you know, believe it or not, I have a. I drive a little Sentra, and it has a massive trunk. Um, my daughter's golf clubs are in there too, but that's just because she only plays with me, anyways. So it's you know, I don't need to leave them at home. Um, so yeah, I've got plenty. I think you'd play more golf if you didn't carry your golf clubs with you. How does that work? <laughs> It's a Murphy's Law thing. <laughs> if you didn't have them, you'd get a lot more opportunity. Probably. No, I've I that has happened. I've been in I've been invited to play golf by by um some of our our sure dealers yeah. if you put them that way, our car dealers and the after work they said, "Hey, you want to go hit, um hit a few?" and I'm like, sure. "I don't have my clubs." So that has happened. So you're absolutely right. And I don't get invited <laughs> when I have my clubs with. Me. Um <laughs> Anyway, so, so I load up the car and it's, it, I can't take a lot of that stuff with me if I'm going to be in a rental. So for me, driving my own car is, is much easier. Now, I also have to look at the, the flip side of that. Oh, yeah. I'm in charge of all of the maintenance on the car. I'm constantly getting the oils changed. Yep. I've got to get new brakes on it. You're acquiring the mileage on the car too. Yep. And I, I'm acquiring the mileage. So I'm taking a big sure. hit when it comes to trading trade value. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there are, there is a downside. It wouldn't, it would be nice to be able to go somewhere, just hop into a rental car and, and not have to worry about all of that. But then, you know, what, yep, what do true. I lose that's true. there? Now I don't get have to carry you, as much stuff with me. So have you ever, there, you're absolutely uh, right. Been on a train. Yes. I love train travel. I, the two biggest trips I've ever taken, I've taken a few in between, but I, there was, uh, the very first train trip I ever took my mom and I took a trip from Minneapolis to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then we stayed for about a week in Chicago and then took the train back. That was nice. really a lot of fun. The one that I loved the absolute most, it was my mom and myself again. Um, we took the train from St. Cloud, Minnesota. So not Minneapolis, but St. Cloud, Minnesota. I know the area. Yeah, I thought you would. University so, town. 
Uh, it is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Um, St. Cloud State. So we took it from St. Cloud to Essex, Montana. And the interesting thing about Essex, Montana, and I don't know if it's the same way anymore. Uh, I do know when we went, there were roads that were in there. But in the beginning, this was a massive hotel. It was a train stop hotel. There were no roads leading to it. The only way you could get to it was by train. Wow. We took the train up to um, up to Essex, and they dropped you off in front of the hotel. We stayed there for a few days, did some hiking, had some fun at this. It was a really neat place uh, in the middle of the mountains. And then we got back on the train and went back to St. Cloud. Hmm. Uh, and it was a very nice long trip when we we stayed in a sleeper car and, and just had a blast. So I absolutely love that. Now I've taken a few other smaller trips. Uh, here and there that are a lot of fun. Um, we take one, we do the, the, the two hour, three hour trips for like, um, the polar express with my daughter and things. Oh like yeah. That. You so, mentioned that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So how about you? Um, I've taken the, uh, the tram at Detroit Metro airport. Uh, does that count? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I actually have been on a few, but, um, limited, in my latter adult life, I uh, and for no particular reason, I don't have any distaste about train travel. In fact, I would like to do it, but I just haven't uh, haven't taken the opportunity to do it. I guess I'm always thinking of getting in a plane and going someplace warm with white sand beaches. And right, it's it a lot faster. Like there are and a lot of trains for that. Exactly. It's, but it that, a, I mean, that's a uh, we. Uh, the one I do recall being on was also uh, coincidentally with my mother many years mm-hmm. ago when we were uh, in uh, Europe and we traveled by train from Christiansen, Norway to I think it was Bergen, if I'm not Bergen, Bergen. if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was that was a, a neat trip and uh, and sleeper cars and things like that as well as I recall. Yeah, that sounds like fun. That is I, always I, that was one thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I said that's it, it's always good fun and the whole thing about trains it's it's just um you, you're on the ground but you don't have to uh, well especially like like commuter trains and we used to take them occasionally in Chicago and you get to enjoy and you think the scenery in downtown Chicago can't be that great. It's beautiful. And even oh, coming from the suburbs, beautiful. it's very nice. And you're not worried about, you know, riding in the train. I, I, it's akin to taking a ferry across Lake Michigan, which I've done multiple times. Oh, that would be fun. I've never done that before. That's I didn't even know that really existed. Cool. There are two of them, actually. One is a a large a one that is on the uh, historical registry because it's so old. It's coal-fired, if you can believe it. Hmm. And um, that will – that will carry a lot of, uh, I don't know what the tonnage is, but uh, a lot of it's the USS uh, Badger, as I recall. <laughs> That's fitting. Yes, of course, USS Badger. And they and it goes to Ludington, Michigan, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. I know a lot about this. And then there is uh, a catamaran, which goes from Milwaukee to uh, where Grand Rapids, I think, or Muskegon. Uh, and and that is much smaller. It only has room, as memory serves, for 46 cars, but it's uh, about an hour faster across the lake than the big Badger is. So anyway, interesting, interesting so it, and very cool. Is it faster to to cross with the on the ferry than it is to drive around? It's about the same. It, it's uh, it? so Manitowoc to 
Ludington. And, and that's, oh, I, I'm going to just round it off. It's about halfway up the coast of Michigan. And so to get back around there through Chicago, it would, of course, depend on the time of day. If I left Manitowoc at two in the morning, I could probably make it around by six without too much trouble. But, okay. um, it, you know, Chicago's the crapshoot. You just never know. If you if I left at six in the morning, there's no way I, I would right. be stuck in Chicago traffic. And, and that's right. just how it is. Yeah, I guess it, it that's the, the biggest part of it is just fighting that traffic around Chicago. That's yeah, planning there. it for sure. And like I say, you know, the yeah. beauty of, of a train like a ferry is that you don't have to pay attention to anything. You can just yeah. read or watch movies or, or you know, whatever. Eat. <laughs> that was one nice thing that I never got to take advantage of in Minneapolis as uh, it, it came in pretty much right after I left, permanently left. Uh, they just put in a whole new transit system. So they have a train that goes all the way out to where my parents lived. Hmm. Um all the way into downtown, they have light rail, light rail out to the airport as well and to the Mall of America and things like that. I would have loved to have taken advantage of that. It would have been much easier. My, my parents lived about um, – my mom and my stepdad lived about 45 minutes outside of Minneapolis by car. Hmm. And the train takes about that long to get into downtown from there. So I, I think – and it's something that Nashville had talked about too. And I think we do need as we as we grow, as this city grows, it's something that I think is definitely needed as our infrastructure is not built for the amount of people that are coming into the city every year. Um, I, I think train travel, light rail, I think it's really important just to get commuters around. And it would be very, very helpful if we had something like that. Yeah. How do you feel? And we know it works in Chicago. We know it works with the L and we know it works in New York and, and some other cities. LA is, I think, putting one in or has had one and is revamping it, I guess. Um, what do you think of, of rapid transit like that? And how does that affect your... Well, I mean, uh, the idea of rapid transit, I think, is, is certainly uh, viable for many communities. It's just the question is, it has to make financial sense right. too. If it's a drain on the economy, then it, it, it's not as necessary as what people would paint it to be. Just just for you know the sake of having light rail, if you can't fill it with commuters, right. oh, I'm sorry, maybe you don't need right. a light rail. And, and there are several examples of that across the country from, uh, from uh, they were going to do a, a train to uh, San Francisco mm -hmm. from LA and they just couldn't justify it based on the number of people, especially how cheap right. flights are, you know, who's going to get on a light rail train, even if it's a high speed, you know, going at 80 miles an hour, it's, it's just tough to justify what the cost right. would be. They were going to do the same thing between Madison and Milwaukee and Wisconsin. And, and you know, it's a two hour drive, maybe something like that, as I recall. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just driving. What are you going to charge me? And they talked about fees and so on. Anyway, the plug got right. pulled on that. But it, it has to be a viable uh, uh, thing for the community. Otherwise, you know, I, I'm just not going to let – why should I pay for people who are going to use right. it every day if it can't and come out profitable? I think you make a, an excellent point. I look at cities like St. Louis, who also has a light rail. And I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. It is now. It, it may have turned around. But when I was living there, the only time people seemed to use it a ton, it's not it ran every day. People used it. Don't get me wrong. But it was never packed to the brim 
like you see in some of those huge cities like New York or, or Chicago when you, there's sure. barely mm -hmm. uh, room to stand. Um, mm -hmm. So the only time it was ever packed was when people were going to sporting events downtown because all of the, all all games. the games, yeah. all of the stadiums are pretty much right next to each other. So mm -hmm. very busy at those points of the day. Other points, not so much. With the exception of people crossing the river from Illinois, I think there were a lot more people that were coming from East St. Louis and that part of town into downtown St. Louis via the Metrolink. Um, hmm. I think you look at Atlanta. Atlanta's uh, Atlanta's system, train system, is is okay. It's always busy, but I don't think it's at least back when I lived in Atlanta, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't going to places where there were a lot of people that could use it lived. You would have to drive a good distance to get to a, a um, MARTA station, get on the train and then go somewhere. So I, I think most of the people that used it really used it just to go from one place to the airport and back. Uh, so I, I don't think it was very effective there, but you use Minneapolis as the example. Minneapolis's trains are, they're a massive hit and people use them all the time. So I really, I think I a hundred percent agree with you. It just depends on how well the community will adapt to it and how, if it is, if it's profitable for the city. Well, and I think, and yes, thank you. I think, I think that's the key, but Minneapolis is, is a little bit different than some cities in that it, uh, you have primary destinations, yeah. you have the airport, you have downtown uh, Minneapolis, Saint Paul, downtown St. Paul, yep. and you have the Mall of America. And those are the primary destinations. Right. And and so you can make a business case for, for those destinations. Yeah. And I think they but did it right. If you were going it, to go, you know, Atlanta, for example, their trains were pretty much just in a T, north, south, east, west. Yes. I mean, that, that's not yep. where the vast majority of people live. But Minneapolis actually exactly. put their trains where people travel. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense to me. So Detroit was kind of an interesting thing because, and, I'll, and I won't be long-winded on this. Oh, come but on. I, I always am. Why not? Play into what, <laughs> it plays into what we're talking about. I don't intend to be long-winded, although it may oh, end okay. up that way. Well, I never intend on it, John. <laughs> I think you do. When you do the big deep breath, <gasps> I know it's. this is going to be a while. Or the lip pop that most people don't hear because I take them out when I add it. <laughs> the lip pop. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. <laughs> exactly. I hear those things all the time. When they, when you go through training as a speaker, and you might not think that by listening to our podcast, but I'm a trained speaker. And so right. you listen for things that you're not supposed to do or you've been taught not to do, and they become Oh, yeah. Really you listen. And it doesn't mean you don't do them either. Because oh, no. I'm, oh. I'm also trained. Well said. And I still catch myself popping and umming and yes. things this and that and stuttering. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm better than that. And it's right after I say it too. It's, <laughs> it's not like I'm listening to the episode two hours later editing and going, oh, why did I say that? No, it's the, it's the minute the word comes out of my mouth or the pop comes out of my tongue. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I think every time, look, I would be supremely entertained if every time you popped, you immediately said, damn it, after that. I'll try to do that. From here on out, if you, if you just said, Damn it. I think that it's – and just keep going. <laughs> I okay. think that would be brilliant. I will try to do that. The, the only problem with that, John, is I do edit those out 
for oh. the most part. Sometimes I do miss them, but I do edit all of the pops How and the ums. How many are the, there? Are there a lot? Uh, I would say I probably pull at least five out every episode. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I'll stop. I'll try to stop doing mine. No, I, I don't. Yeah, no. But it would make yeah, it easier the only thing, if you said damn it after everyone, then you'd know exactly where to pull them out. That's true. Well, let's let's both focus on that. <laughs> there are times. So I'll tell you, this is probably way too boring for the listeners. The only thing I really edit out of yours is I can hear you do this. It's banging on the table. Oh, I thought that's that the only was, thing I ever edit out of yours. I thought really? I was like breathing weirdly or something. Sometimes you do. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Luke, edit that out. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You ever, you ever hear that one, the Darth Vader um, around Christmas? No. <laughs> How do we get to this? Luke. You ever hear that one? You know, Darth Vader around Christmas? <laughs> Luke, I know what you're getting for Christmas. Dad, how do you know? I felt your presence. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Sorry. That was awesome. That was a good dad joke. Did you ever it? hear that one? We you should, know Darth Vader we around should, Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> we should do a dad joke episode. Listeners, tell us, should we do a dad joke episode? Because I think um, that would we be would good. Do, uh, most of our jokes are dad jokes. All of the kids now are this would just be, their eyes right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Most of the adults, too. Yeah, probably. I'm doing uh, grandpa jokes these days, too. So oh. watch out for that. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. So Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Sorry. No, don't be. We digress. We indeed digress. Often. Um, Often. They. The potty mouths motto. Apparently. That, we should change it. I'm sorry. One <laughs> more Detroit. One more digression. I love it. We, we should change that. Our, our tagline right now is potty mouths. And, <laughs> oh, wait. I already screwed it up. Potty mouths. A podcast about everything and absolutely nothing. <laughs> We should just say change it to potty mouths, and we digress. <laughs> That's good. I, or potty mouths, you asked for it. Something like that. But did they? Did they really? Well, well if they they're asking for in, it now, if they didn't ask for it, they just won't come back. Well, actually, technically, yeah. The the whole reason you and I started the podcast where people were telling us that we needed to start a podcast because of the way we talk to each other. <laughs> So I guess they did ask for it, didn't they? Or they were just joking. There's no joking in potty mouths. Maybe they were just joking. Maybe they thought, hey, if we can get these idiots to do a podcast, I'll pay you $10. You know, they, it was like a bet. <laughs> Why didn't we get in on I don't know. They could have paid me half and I would have done it. Right? Yeah, for five bucks. All right, go on. Detroit. No, I've forgotten. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't forgotten. Damn it. So Detroit is in Wayne County. And... The next county to the north or northwest is Oakland County. Years ago, back in the, during the boom of the auto industry, Oakland County was, as I understand it, and I could be totally wrong, the third wealthiest county in the nation. And that was at the height of the auto industry. You had the, uh, the, uh, not only the automotive people, you know, the Fords, General Motors, Chrysler, and so on, but you also had their suppliers, Fisher Auto Body and, and some others that were located in Oakland County. And it's like they all lived there, but the factories were in Detroit. Pause for a sure. second. I, I have a, I have a really important yeah. question, John. You've got the Ford family. Yeah. You've got the Chrysler family. Mm -hmm. 
who the hell comes up with the name, a family name, General Motors? <laughs> I mean, really? It was, <laughs> yes, it was the General Motors family. I know. What the hell? Okay, go on. Sorry. Bad, bad joke. <laughs> that was, that was worthy. That was, yeah. Hey, you might want to cut that out. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> those are just going to be our markers for making cuts from now on. <laughs> How come we never hear them Done. saying damn it because of that? So they had budgeted, Detroit had budgeted money for a train. Not unlike Chicago's, and I'm not sure if they were, you know, patterning it after the L or or the, uh, I can't think for the life of me, of their train system that goes out to the suburbs, but it doesn't matter. I'm not sure what they were patterning it after. They took the money, though, and made what they called the people mover, which mm -hmm. kept people on a train all in downtown Detroit. So they had no way of getting the people from Oakland County to Wayne other than to come there for work. And so what happens is you've got all this wealth in Oakland County and a lot of poverty, unfortunately, in Wayne County where Detroit was, is, and you, you could not, never the twain should meet. You could not. Get, <laughs> you're welcome. You could not Thanks. get them to bring their money in on the weekends for example, to, to shop or to stay the night or to eat at a wonderful restaurant or whatever, because all they did was went from building to building in on the people mover. So essentially that train money just kept people in downtown Detroit, which is in itself. And they've done a really nice job trying to bring it back, but yet they still lack a good transportation system to bring people from Oakland and surrounding counties now into Wayne. Hmm. And it's it's hurt so, the city dramatically. Well, there are a lot more things that hurt the, that hurt the city. Well, in, I don't in disagree, but that's certainly one of them where you've got wealth nearby. And in order to to even it out for those who would say for social justice, you have to even out the wealth. Uh, that's right. one way to do it is to bring those people in and share it when they have the opportunity that we used to do that on weekends in Chicago where we'd hop on the train and they used to have a family special for five bucks. Your family could go back and forth to the suburbs in Chicago for the whole weekend. And wow. and so we'd go downtown, we'd spend the night in a hotel and have a nice dinner and, and then hop on the train the next day and come home. And it's nice. not a difficult thing to imagine, but uh, unless, you know, you don't see the benefit of, of uh, you know, getting folks not to just come in for work, but come in and, and let's make this city better. Right. And it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I only get my Detroit history secondhand or from the History Channel. The One of the main ideas or one of the goals that, that to try to encourage people to come into the city was the one of the reasons they built such a beautiful which is it is a gorgeous train station um but that's one of the reasons they made it as opulent as it was was one because of all the money but also two to try to encourage people to come in to see this place and and to experience the city is am i correct in that assumption or? well i i would say yes i mean there are many ornate buildings in downtown detroit the unfortunate part is unlike any other major city i've been to which doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just the, my experience. When you have skyscrapers and every 
third one is occupied and the others are not. Mm-hmm. It's it's just amazing to me. It's it's occupied, empty, empty, and these are twenty story buildings that are right. empty in downtown Detroit. And I and I don't know if they're up to code, and I don't know any of that stuff. But uh, and I, I'm not pointing fingers, other than to say what a shame because it's right. beautiful. You're right. The train station is gorgeous. The Book Cadillac Hotel, beautiful. But remember when they were built, it, it wasn't. They're not recent. Right. You know, this book Cadillac Hotel was probably in the 20s, maybe in the 30s. I'm I'm guessing. But but the train station, I would guess, is probably in about the same time frame. And look at how things uh, what a you know, and it is it's the automotive industry that 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 city has lived and died in front of. And and that's uh, that's what kind of defines when, when the industry is doing really well. They want to build all these opulent buildings and. And now, unfortunately, they just can't keep people coming in there. And, and they're trying to bring people back. And they've done some really cool things. The uh, uh, Ford Field is is downtown and Comerica Park is downtown. And they're beautiful. beautiful. Right. And as you said, they're they're redoing the train station as well and, and making it, from my understanding, it's it's going to be a tech hub. They're going to try to drive some, some tech they've companies. They've been working on that for several years. Yeah, have they, they? they have. And they've had some success with it. So it's, anyway, a, I, it's it's just a you look at opportunity like that and and when you travel it, it's uh, you see some some wins and some losses and some hits and some misses and right and uh, and they are they're prevalent. Well, if you look for them. going back to an earlier part of the conversation about being able to see most of our country and and one of the easiest ways to do that. And one of the reasons that I do it when I drive, if I have time, is to take the back roads. Detroit is a good example of a beautiful city, an absolutely gorgeous city that yep. was on the verge of dying. It's coming back. I, I truly believe it's coming back. There's some really good innovation. It's still struggling, uh, especially with the auto industry right now going through a few changes. We're going to see some some more struggles coming out of that city. But for the most part, it is on its way back. Will it ever be what it used to be? Probably not. But it's still it, – it's got some – gorgeous infrastructure um, and and some great history, some incredible history. I would love to just be able to go and do a road tour of the entire city, take a weekend or, or a week and, and just see all these different parts of, of Detroit or, or all the different parts of the country. Going back to, a, again, reverting back to one of our previous episodes, it's that wanderlust. I would love just to be able to hit the road, not to go see necessarily these great landmarks, which would be fun. It would be a benefit, but just to go see some of these places that used to be very influential cities and and explore them. I think that would be phenomenal. Well, maybe I, one of our 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 patrons, if we ever get a high roller, <laughs> can pay for us to do podcasts on the road. We don't need to be visual. We're going to have to be a lot nicer to them then. Oh yeah. man, no, they wouldn't appreciate that. That's true, because then we wouldn't be being who we are. I, I right. like your T-shirt idea, though, that you said uh, you, that you put the lust and wanderlust. I don't remember having that T-shirt idea, but I will accept it and I will claim it as my own. Well, I think that would be your own. I mean, that's how it how it would be. And may okay. I also say Essex, Montana? I've never heard of it. 
Oh, it's a, it's not even a city. It's literally just a hotel, or at least it used to be just literally a hotel in the middle of the mountains. And then you could do um, the I put the sex in Essex. You you could do that too. There you go. Exactly. So, Except yeah. that I that would be really hard for me since that was a very memorable memorable trip that I took with my mom. And you went with your mom. Yeah, so you yeah. probably wouldn't want to say anything <laughs> about sex with your no, mom. Not, not at all. Yeah. I'm I there's nothing edible about it. Yeah. Wow. Well done. Maybe plenty of edibles, but nothing edible. <laughs> oh, beautifully done. Man, I'm starting to tear up here. <laughs> because did you did you potty dust? No. <laughs> no, different types of tears. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what other kind of travel uh topics do we want to cover? All right. If we have about, just a few been, more minutes left. This one has been on my mind. Cruises. Have you ever been on a cruise? I have not, and I have no desire. I think we talked about that in the last last episode. We you were going to try to talk me into a it. lot of things that I immediately forget about. So, well, I'm that's just the type of person I am. I get ignored quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's me with my Alzheimer's, probably early stage. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. well, they 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 say memory is the second thing to go. <laughs> And the first. I don't remember what the first yes, thing is. Yes, there we go. Proud of you. That so uh, cruises are interesting, and and some of the groundwork. We the first one we went on was, um, uh, let's just say, a lesser expensive cruise line, but it was a very nice ship, and we didn't know what to expect, and and it was fine. It was really good. The problem. With the first one we went on, it was eight days, which was okay. And we went over the Christmas holiday. That oh, was yikes. a problem. <laughs> and yeah. Well, because so our son was young at the time, I think four or five years old or so. And we knew that if we chose that time of the year, and I surprised my wife with it. So I knew if we chose that time of the year that we would have. Uh, built-in babysitter grandma to watch him. Mm -hmm. And so I set all this up and somehow got Lisa to get her uh, uh, passport updated and yada, yada. So I'm uh, thinking this is going to be great. I'm going to be a genius and we'll go over the holidays and it'll be terrific. We'll come back, spend time with the family after that. And, and her mom was happy to do it. And we were all excited. And we got there in Christmas Day. My wife is crying <laughs> because oh, no. she's away from her family and our son, oh, no. and, you know, so that was terrible. However, her birthday two days later, uh, we were in um, we were in where it just escaped my mind anyway, somewhere in the Caribbean. And it was gorgeous. It was just wonderful weather and everything was beautiful and, and she was fine. Um, so it, it, it had its ups and downs, let's say anyway. So that was a difficult one, but the, and it wasn't the waves. The, it, <laughs> the one thing that was weird was the seating for dinner was with the same couple all the time. I've heard that about cruises. Now, I'm sure they've changed it. I'm sure that's, uh, you know, there are some where this doesn't apply. But on the one we were on, that was it. We had this one couple and they were weird. You shouldn't talk about yourselves like that. And I don't know how to – I'm sure they were nice. I'm sure they're wonderful people. But um, so this guy uh, – I want to just be delicate. This guy was uh, 
was relatively attractive, I guess, if, if I could judge it. Um, and my wife would agree with that. And his wife looked like a dude. And she had, she had man hands like on Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, wow, it was just odd. And she was taller than he was. And, uh, and they were nice enough, but we ate with them one night. And then we found out that there was an upcharge restaurant where if you pay 25 bucks a person, you could take the elevator to the very top of the ship. And they had this awesome restaurant uh, steaks and just meals to order. Like you normally would at a restaurant, fabulous wines. And we found that place and we spent the extra 50 bucks every night from that point on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was yeah, I, bet. I probably would do the same. Thing. Yeah. It, it was just, it, yeah. it was just weird and awkward, I guess is probably a good way to put it. And I'm sure they thought the same about us, but, uh, um, uh, at least, you know, Lisa didn't have man hands. Well, so, and I, I think we talked about this last time. My issue, I guess, if you want to call it that, with cruises, and and I've other people have argued this with me, saying, you know, you get on a cruise, you get to see multiple places, and then you always have the same room to go back to. You don't have to lug your stuff around. To me, part of the fun of going to visit a new place is lugging my stuff around. I know that sounds sadistic in a way. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. But I would love to have a backpack with some clothes and my computer and a camera in there and just go and immerse myself in the community and not do the uh, tourist thing. I'm not a big tourist fan. Um, I've always also said this drives my wife absolutely nuts. I am not a vacationer. I would much rather take a day or two to explore a city during a work trip. So a day after or a day before to kind of explore – that to me is more fun. I'd rather work during vacation. I'm a workaholic in that sense. I don't necessarily, I can't just sit on the beach all day. I, I have a problem doing that. So being able to be fully immersed in a culture is more appealing to me than riding on a boat, getting to a place just so I can see the touristy parts. My argument would be that you need to go to nicer beaches then. <laughs> I'm not just talking about beaches, John. Come on. I understand, but you. So, so the argument for it is, of course, as you have stated, that that you can. I mean, you're in this floating city, uh, and let's just forget about the stories we've heard in the last several years about, you know, uh, all sorts of contaminants and and illnesses. Well, that it's that five percent. Oh my gosh! Again. Well, I, I think you're probably right. In fact, it's probably even less than that. But but still, you, you know, you you hear about that stuff and. And then you hear no explanation and, okay, wait a second. I don't have to cruise. <laughs> so, right. Anyway, I, I'm, I can do vacation on a beach, but it does have to be a nice beach. I can do, I'm more of a pool guy though. Um, cause I don't like sand all over everything. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> We're weird, I guess when it, okay. So we are weird, but that's, that said, I love looking at the beach. I, I love hearing the ocean. That's all wonderful stuff, but I'd rather be by the pool and maybe an infinity edge. So it feels like I'm in the ocean, but I'm not really. There you go. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm right so there I'm with you. I, I prefer pools over, over the ocean. Not necessarily. If you're talking about beach now, would I love to be on a sailboat? Absolutely. There would be the there would be the thing that would change my mind. 
I would much rather be on a sailboat sailing to all these destinations than on. I would kind of like to try that. I'll admit, but it'd have to be a big one because I've seen way too many <laughs> YouTube videos of <laughs> small and medium sized boats getting stuck someplace yeah. and yeah, getting yeah. hammered in the weather. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I could do that. I, I think, uh, I, I think, you know, a 50 foot catamaran, I could, I could handle sailing on that for a I week could see so. you I, I could see you sitting on the the bow of a 50 foot catamaran with a with a uh sundowner on the trampoline which you know for they call that right, like the trampoline right. they do the ah, very front yep that's impressive I knew that yep I don't know what your sundowner sundowner would be um you know maybe some fruit juice or something <laughs> but you know some fruit juice yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that would be cool. I, I'm with you. Oh, and I I just remembered the country that uh, uh, we uh, woke up in on Lisa's birthday, and that was Barbados. And oh my gosh, it was oh, nice. Uh, Barbados was we we flew into Barbados on our way to our honeymoon, which was in Saint oh, Vincent, cool. and it was uh, it was neat. We didn't get to spend much time there, but it was uh, a neat community uh, that we just we only got to explore around the airport oh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was pretty yeah, neat. That's awesome. And there are some. Did you ever go to Saint? Right. Have you ever gone to Saint Vincent? No. Um, the closest I've been is uh, Saint Croix, and I'm talking name wise. The closest I've been. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say no, no. The closest you've been Barbados is Barbados. Is much closer. Yeah. Literally right next to yeah. Saint Vincent. Uh, how was it? Was it very nice? I'm guessing. It was. It well, if it comes, if you talk about exploring a really neat community, absolutely, it was gorgeous i've got some great photos of it uh it was also where much of the first two or three pirates of the caribbean were shot so we got to spend some time on the set because a lot of times you know they go shoot a movie and then they just leave the set (laughs) and the reason we got to spend so much time there is because we took a tour we were on a, a separate island called young island and it's literally about 600 yards from the main island uh it's just a it's a resort community which is where everyone from the the cast stayed because there really aren't it, it's St. Vincent is a little bit underdeveloped when it comes to a lot of the touristy things. It's, it, it has a tourist industry, but it's not as famous as some of the others. So it was very, it was cheap, which was one of the, reasons <laughs> one. and, but it was really, it was a beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I'm place. not familiar. I'll have to sh- share some. Yeah. Of the I'm not familiar, but I will definitely sometime. take a look at it. I'm sure. It's, I- right. So we, we did a, a, it was a boat and taxi tour. So we took a boat around the Island to the set, they, they drop you off at the set. You're supposed to spend about an hour there looking around, and then you get in a taxi, and they do a tour back to the island, uh, and they'll stop you at various places. So we got the boat. First of all, this should have been a red flag. We we started the tour, and the boat that we were supposed to get on wouldn't start. Uh-huh. So it took them about an hour to fix that. We finally got it started. Then it was neat, and they drove us around and went into a few bays and out of a few bays and and then they finally dropped us off at the the filming location, the set. And there was a bar there. So we went in there. No one at the bar. It was just the two of us and the bartender, um, I guess, which is pretty common there. And there was a, a Rastafarian selling some beads and, and other trinkets out there on the mm-hmm. on the set. And, and so we looked around and we waited. And an hour passed. So, okay, where's our taxi? Nowhere to be seen. Another hour goes by, and now we've had a couple of cocktails just to kind of relax. And hour three rolls around, no taxi. Hour four, okay, now we've got to find a phone because our cell phones aren't going to work here. We asked the bartender. They tracked down a, a phone for us, which I don't know why. They didn't have a phone at the bar. 
So we call back to the hotel, which took a while because we didn't know the number and couldn't find, they didn't have yellow pages. So we tracked that number down, called the hotel and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We'll, we'll call the taxi. And it turns out that the person booking the trip for us never called to schedule the taxi to pick us up. Uh-huh. So no, I remember. Okay, so that that happened, and then they were going to say, "Well, we can we'll try to find a taxi because it's not like they can just call a taxi company; they're all individuals." We actually happened to have the phone number of the taxi driver that took us from the ho- from the airport to the hotel mm-hmm. or to the the island originally. So we called him, and he came to pick us up. The and the island said, "We'll pay for it," so they they covered it, and he actually took us on probably what was a better tour than what the original tour was set to be. So he took us to some churches that were private churches that we could go in and, and take pictures of. He took us to downtown Georgetown and um, I think it's Georgetown, whatever the main city was in there. And he took us to some neighborhoods um, around the area so we could kind of see what it was like to be uh, a resident of St. Vincent, which is a very, mm. very poor island, by the way. I know all of them are very poor, but this one is exceptionally poor. Um, so it was it was a fascinating trip, and it was so much fun, and we got a lot more out of it than and, and a good story out of it than we probably would have. Well, and to, and to have somebody who's a local, you know, showing you around and showing you things that uh, of interest uh, that's yes. way more impactful than you know something that's planned on a tour. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. So it was it was a good experience. It was a lot of fun. We we spent some time uh, the other days in the city, and um, you know, it's we stuck out like a sore thumb because we're you know white Americans, and Saint Vincent is uh, the majority of Saint Vincent is um, Af- of African descent. So a lot of black people, and a lot of we got a lot of funny looks because they're not used to a ton of tourists. Mm-hmm. I think that's changed a little bit now. Um, Bekwa Bekwe is more of a touristy island and it's part of it's it's saint vincent and the grenadine so it's one country and i think there's eight or nine islands that make up that whole community and it's an english um part of the english or the british uh commonwealth Hmm. so yeah so uh, i think richard branson might own an island over there or some other big british people own islands and and parts of islands big uh, estates on on the other islands Hmm. just not on the main island of saint vincent well, I will have to do some research because I have not. And as you say, if it's not very well publicized as a as a destination, then, you know, I understand because I, I right. don't have any recognition of where it was. And and that was not unlike when we went to St. Croix. Most people will go to St. Thomas or St. John even. And St. Croix was actually very interesting. And I we very much enjoyed it. It was a. a a, uh, an anniversary that we uh, decided to go there. The driving on the left side of the road was mm-hmm. interesting, um, but it wasn't so crowded that, you know, you'd be afraid to do it. The problem was the cars were still U.S. left drive. So oh, that's weird. <laughs> it was weird. I, I would have much preferred to have a right drive on the left side of the road. It would have seemed a little more um regular, I guess. But uh, on the other hand, I was very familiar with the car. It's just, okay, remind yourself to go on the left side of the road. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite interesting. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Um, the, if, you, if you get a chance, John, on my personal Facebook, which I'm sorry, listeners, you, you probably, if you know us, you can go see it as well. But 
Um, if you go to my personal Facebook, you can actually go to photos and go to honeymoon photos and it's nice. a whole bunch of pictures of St. Vincent. Well, you should post yeah. one, an innocuous one maybe, where you have clothes on uh, on the Potty Mouse page. Right. Well, but what's that's no well, yeah, fun. But- I'm going to do a <laughs> nudie booty. <laughs> if, well, if you decide to friend them, then you, they can see all of them. But uh, try to do one with clothes on, maybe just a very sarong true. or something. <laughs> Most of the pictures are of my wife. You see very few, if any, of me. You're not a big picture. You've talked about that before. Yeah. And, uh, but but I, I have managed to find a couple of pictures of you with your daughter, for example. And, yes. and those are awesome. I do it every once in a while. I know that yeah. I'm going to get more likes that way. <laughs> with your daughter yes no doubt <laughs> yes no doubt oh dude this has been fun and it has been i fun. hope for our listeners they have also enjoyed uh some of our travel travails <laughs> yes quite so a few and we'll probably do some more because that is quite honestly a big very big part of our lives work lives and personal lives too we, we do travel quite a bit not as from a personal standpoint, I wish I could travel a bit more and do things that, that I've wanted to do. Um, the bucket lists, which, by the way, the listeners, I think one of our future episodes is yep. going to be about bucket lists. Uh, yeah. John and I had discussed that as uh, as a possibility because they there are quite a few things out there that I think both of us would like to do. Some big things that may never happen, some things that are definitely attainable, and then some things we've already accomplished. So I'm hoping that that'll be one of our future episodes. So along with travel and with bucket lists, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave comments on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that uh, you can find us. Uh, send emails to pottymouths at gmail.com. And uh, of course, you can always support us at Patreon if you uh, if you want us to keep going with this or if you want to hear more content, you want us to start publishing more. That would be the way to do it. If we can uh, make enough money where we can quit our jobs and travel for a living, then uh, we'll we'll definitely do that for it, you. And surprisingly, it wouldn't you. take that much, right? No, no. <laughs> a couple, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year each. I mean, well, we could definitely do that. <laughs> wow, I'd do it for less. I'm going to just try and undercut you to see if me. Okay, I'm going to support John so just he can quit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Then I well, I I mean, I could teach you how to edit the pips and the pops. We just you know the damn it will definitely help. Damn it. <laughs> I, but I think the point is, I think my bosses might uh, give us Patreons as long as there's a chance I might quit. That's true. Very true. <laughs> I'm going to keep playing that up. All right, my friend. <laughs> it was great to talk to you all. And I look forward to talking to you, John, on our next Potty Mouths episode. Thanks, Nick. Great to talk to you. And thanks, everybody. See you soon. <laughs>